Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing awesome, man. I'm excited for today's episode. Um, A really cool study that we came across. And we want to make sure that we land the plane today um, with a ton of hope, encouragement, and control for the mm-hmm. average, uh, for the average person, and by average, I mean uh, you, me, and everybody else that struggled with weight loss or, or blood sugar issues in the past, diagnosed, undiagnosed, doesn't really matter where you fall on the spectrum. But today's take-home message, I think, is going to be really impactful. Yeah, I think so too. And I was, I was really excited to see that this study was even done because I haven't seen anything quite like it. And um, j- just the focus of it and the results were, were huge. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, and it's it's recent too. So this was um, the direct diabetes remission clinical trial. And this is uh, kind of a review of some of the research and stats that have come out. And um, it, it the, the take-home message is going to be one of reversal for current diabetics. But a lot of the people that listen aren't in a position of having diabetes or having to worry about it. And mm-hmm. that's where we want to make sure that we, we um, you know, empower to the point that you and I were on the path to end up <laughs> as a type two, pretty much yeah. like mm-hmm. our, our body type, our energy, our, our labs, like all the stuff that we were doing, we were on that path. And um, when we look at the statistics of 35 million people having diabetes, another seven to 10 million people that are undiagnosed the cost of six to $8,000 a year of extra um, money that you have to spend out of your pocket and never mind the decreased lifespan and life expectancy due to all of the other health related issues that come with being diagnosed as a diabetic. Um, one thing that's frustrating for the people that we talk to, especially that fall into this category is that um, very rarely are the, is the conversation about reversal or to use a term that's used in this study remission, which, you know, my mind always goes to like cancers, right? Like cancer Mm -hmm. remission, but you know, for diabetes remission or reversal, um, where you no longer have that diagnosis. And this is what we've seen in some of our one-on-one clients and some of the people that have been following us and just sending us random testimonies about, they read the book, they listened to the podcast. We're like, man, that's amazing where you no longer have that diagnosis. But yeah, the frustrating part is that it's never talked about. You can go to the ADA website, you can go to the major websites, that, that have diabetes support. And it's always talking about the management, right? And not the reversal, the management and the control of it, which is one of the things that stood out to me about Dr. Fung's research was um, it, it, you, you're literally like accelerating the process when you get to the point of using insulin and, and diabetes medications and stuff. You're not getting to the cause of the problem. You're treating the symptom. So the frustrating piece for those people is that it's like, yeah, do X, Y, and Z, but you actually get worse, not better. Yeah, and and 
the, there's no endpoint in mind either. It's just keep doing these things. They'll make some of the symptoms a little bit better, but all the while the disease is getting worse and with, with no endpoint in mind. And by the way, if you can lose the weight, um, that may make things a little bit better. It's, it's almost an afterthought because that's, that's so far away from the focus of the treatment that, that most people don't ever get there. And they don't even really have hope for it in the system like a, as a whole. Yeah, the recommendation should first and foremost be change your diet, lose the weight, and then we'll talk about medication, right? But it's not mm -hmm. that way. And I think it's just the system and a common misconception on what diabetes is and how to, how to, get, how to get results. And um, by no means are we giving medical advice here, but looking at this study um, where it's talking about the predictors of type 2 diabetes, so the outcomes, things that they can look at that will allow them to say to a patient, and them meaning the healthcare provider, say to a patient, you have a, ch a good chance of remission, where I think the goal for everyone that's on a path to blood sugar problems and diabetes, right? And pre-diabetes should be, yeah. let's get control of this thing now. And that's what really stood out to me about this is that the outcomes were absolutely mind blowing in terms when you look at the percentages of when you lose a certain amount of weight, this literally gives you a concrete percentage, <laughs> right? And there's a lot of factors here, but a concrete percentage that you have a really good chance um, to reverse it or never even get it. Right. And, and, and that's, that's an important point right there. Never even get it. Because remember, when we talk about um, insulin sensitivity, we talk about blood sugar, we talk about prediabetes and diabetes, and then going into remission from there, this is a sliding scale. So if you're in your 20s or 30s, and you're, you know, you're not having these issues just yet, if, if the weight's ticking up, and any of the symptoms are, are getting a little bit you know, they're, they're increasing over time. Remember, th this is a, that's a long path to actually have full-blown diabetes. It starts way before you get the diagnosis, way before you're injecting insulin or anything else like that. So this, this study was specifically focused on reversing the whole process. So in order to do that, they're using patients who do have full-blown diabetes, but to, to bring them back all the way, we're talking decades back in time. And that was the goal. Yep. And so one of the clarifications there is, yes, this process takes decades to happen. And, you know, I was, you know, the centripetal weight gain, the decrease in energy, the labs that weren't making sense, the feeling of malaise, the brain mm. fog, the, the weight loss fluctuations, um, the body mass index, right, ticking up over the years. Um, yeah. So all of the people in this study um, were between 20 and 65. And for clarification, they all had type 2 diabetes, right? So we're not talking about type 1 diabetics or insulin-dependent diabetics, but type 2 diabetics, right. um, which is a lifestyle-type condition. Um, it's so funny that the lifestyle recommendations are always kind of like the afterthought. Or like, oh, yeah, just you know, lose some weight, start walking, change your diet. But these yeah, were all people- Maybe change your life. Maybe. Yeah. Um, of less than six years. And the, the BMI ranged uh, between 27 to 45. So we're talking from the overweight- to the severely obese. Um, and these were people that were not receiving insulin at the time. But I can tell you, even if you're on insulin, that this is going to work because we've seen it and the science makes sense. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're not there, just, just think it, the stats don't typically lie. So if we've got, you've got the telltale signs and the blood pressure is ticking up and all of these things, then we want to encourage you that you never have to reverse it. 
if you just prevent it, right? And that's what healthcare should be about is prevention, not about treatment or reversing, in my yeah. opinion. Right, absolutely, 100%. And we've gotten several, uh, several responses and, and questions just recently here, um, people in their 20s and early 30s just starting right. to see this and they're, they're, they're realizing, oh, wow, I'm going to need to change something now because I know how this would end up. And, and usually that's in their family. They've, they've seen it. Everyone knows people who are, who are, who are having these, these issues way later in life and they don't want it to be them. So a couple of really cool things about this was weight loss ended up being the number one predictor that they looked at. Some other predictors they looked at, um, you know, it, it, like BMI, fasting insulin, fasting C-peptide, the duration that they had diabetes, none of those predicted remission nearly as well as weight loss. And we're going to talk about specific numbers in just a second. They looked at the study um, and they used, they used a, uh, a diet that, that I, wasn't, I was not um, familiar with uh, at first. And um, when you look at the, the type of diet, it's called the counterweight plus, and it's a low calorie diet. And interestingly enough, some of these numbers look really familiar to us if you're following our one meal a day plan mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're at yeah. that 40 to you know, 40 60, to 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Reduction in your daily caloric intake. So it was 825 to 850 kilocals a day for um, about three to five months. And it was the weird thing was it was all shakes and soups. So like that to me is just not sustainable, right? Yeah. I, I I, I never like when when you're when you're doing extreme differences from what your normal day to day eating would look like, um, but you know just just to keep it clinical to keep it scientifically clean, uh, they they use the same foods for everybody, soups and shakes. But um, I don't think there was any any real like transition into normal food. I know they increased the calories over time uh, later, months later, but. I think some people had some trouble probably adjusting to regular life after just soups and shakes, which we've heard about, you know, from, from weight loss, uh, from weight watchers and, and things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You stop using the food, <clears throat> you stop restricting and it comes back. So, but not, not a hundred percent in this case. So, um, they went through three to five months of the shakes and soups and then slowly calories were back increased 12 months. They looked at the remission and then the predictors of remission at 12 months. And then also at 24 months, they used, the typical HbA1c, um, if you are between six and six point five percent, or forty-two and forty-eight millimoles, then you are pre-diabetic. If you are over forty-eight millimoles or that six point five percent mark, then you are diagnosed as a, uh, a diabetic. Um, and for everybody listening right now, that's not like there is there is a take-home point here. Um, and uh, when we look at the the total amount of weight loss, these are numbers that aren't mind-boggling in terms of, you know, these are things that you will hear people say, oh, I lost, and I'm not going to say it yet. Oh, I've lost this amount of weight. Oh, I feel great. Oh, I lost this amount in the last six months and I feel wonderful. Um, And the percentages uh, of people that had success at the end was was incredible. At the 12-month mark, 46% of the people in the study had achieved remission or reversal of their diabetes, and then 36%. So um, one out of every three had maintained that over 24 months. And there's some things that we'll talk about in terms of why we feel that, you know, people that just couldn't stick to the diet, people that dropped out of the study. But really, it's because you went back to, and in our opinion, looking at it, you went back to eating the way you used to, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. means it wasn't sustainable. And, you know, 
it just points to the fact that blood sugar related issues are a time sensitive sliding scale, which fasting addresses better than, than anything else that we've, that we've seen up until this point. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, controlling the insulin spikes is, is the name of the game. That's what we're, that's what we're looking to do. And that was one of the things that we were talking about as far as, you know, why couldn't they get to a hundred percent here? Let's, let's say if, if everyone was able to stick to what they were doing, why not get to a hundred percent? Well, they were still eating throughout the day. So they weren't even deliberately trying to control insulin spikes. So these 800 or 850 calories they were, they were consuming uh, were not in an OMAD type type fashion. They were throughout the day, um, two, three, four times a day, as far as we can tell. Yeah. And that, so when we look at that, you know, the, the caloric restriction is great, but if we can compound those, those outcomes, um, by like you just said, by spacing out those insulin spikes and giving your time more time in the unfed state, in the insulin low state, where your body's going to be in a higher fat burning state. And the weight loss numbers just at one year. So at the one year mark, 70, you have a 73% chance of remission if you've lost 10 kilograms, which is about 22 pounds. So wow. a 73% remission predictor of remission predictor of reversal at one year if you've lost 22 pounds we've had people that have lost 22 pounds in a one month challenge with us right not over the course of 12 months eating soups and shakes it's crazy but it, this, this this study is super powerful and that's why we love when we want to talk about it at even higher you have an 86 percent chance if you've lost 15 kilograms which is about 33 pounds wow so and Go ahead. Let, let me interrupt you for a second. Remember, this wasn't from this wasn't from like a, an everyday kind of just you know I, I have a few pounds to lose starting point either. We have an average BMI here going well into the, the severely obese part of the spectrum. Yeah, thirty five is the average. And and there's still you know within coming down thirty to thirty five pounds going into remission from their diabetes. I mean, a huge change, not needing the medications. And, and just with, with that amount of weight loss. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night. Uh, since he was born, we have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? 
an air purifier cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. And that's a good point of clarification there too, is it, it's a smaller percentage for those heavier people, but even that smaller percentage was able to achieve remission. And right. it was done, these, these, um, these uh, remission statistics uh, were without anti-diabetes medication. So without the metformins, there was no insulin. There, there were no diabetes medications used at this point, which is great because that shows that the body was actually doing what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is normalize. Um, you know, when we talk about people that have had the condition for longer periods of time, then yeah, it might take longer. And there's some, you know, new research out there that talks about, you know, how long does it take to increase your insulin sensitivity, which is your body's ability to take the glucose that's in your body and shuttle it into the cell for an energy source rather than storing it as fat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there's still, there, that's a whole nother conversation for another day, but um, really with this, study, it should give everyone an empowering feeling that using fasting, right, with a combined strategy of decreasing your caloric intake, which allows your body to normalize, which decreases your hunger, increases your energy, increases your hormone balance, has all these autophagy, all these other health effects, never mind, are you getting all of those benefits? You look, feel, and just act better, like your day-to-day life gets better, but you never have to worry about being you know, the one of the 35 million or 10 extra million people that are going to get diagnosed with this and then have all the other complicating factors. You literally have the tools to never have this happen. We're speaking outside of genetic pre, uh, genetic anomalies and all those different types of things. Like if sure. you are the average person, this should be encouraging that, okay, if, if I can space my meals out and watch my intake, then I've got those two simple tools to be able to never end up in this situation. Absolutely. And one of the other things I love about this study was the fact that they, they kept people on the 800 or 850 calories per day. They kept them on that for, for months, for About three to five months, three yeah. to five months. Yeah. And then, and then took them up from there. But even at that point, most people, um, you know, with, with this level of carbohydrates and this many insulin spikes throughout the day, had not reached their goal weight at that point. 
they, they weren't tracking like a lot of the people that, that we see following a more precise regimen and, and precise schedule. But even all that being said, at 850 calories a day, they, they didn't see any issues with, um, with slower metabolism or any, any issues that people are worried about, especially before they start an OMAD. And like we saw an example just this morning we were talking about where someone was, was recommending an OMAD type of schedule, but with 100% of the calories of their, of their daily calories in, in like one, one meal setting because they were afraid to, to restrict the calories at that point. But there, there's, there was no negative effects from that in this study. See. Yeah, there were a couple other complicating factors, you know, people that had um, uh, higher alcohol consumption, you know, uh, liver enzymes that were elevated, and then also the use of antidepressants was shown to drastically reduce the remission or the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, there were some other things here that, you know, no study is perfect and no application is perfect, right? right. Um, but you and I are sitting here going, well, okay, if... If if they did the reduction short term and then they slowly let people get back on back to their old ways and they still had a, <laughs> like a thirty six percent remission like thirty six percent walk into any diabetes clinic or any general provider and say hey I know what to do to get you one third of your diabetes patients um, off of their medications if they've had diabetes for six years or less like this is information that people need to hear for the for, you know, just overall health reasons, like the, the people that have this need to hear this, never mind the people that now know they don't ever have to worry about ending up in that position. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because this just, this just isn't happening in most providers offices. They, they, they go down this route and they don't see most people, you know, dropping 10 or 20 or 30 pounds and being able to come off it because that, that's just not part of the treatment plan. It's, it's based around management and it's based around most people not ever losing the weight. So not ever really reversing it, but it, it can be done. It's, it's fairly simple to do. We, yeah, was, there's a, there's a good study to back it up right here. Yep. In conclusion, remissions were frequent across all variables examined. The strongest predictors were greater weight loss and being prescribed fewer. And this is huge and being prescribed fewer anti-diabetes medications at baseline. <laughs> like, mm. Uh, disease duration, fasting insulin, C-peptide did not influence the likelihood of remission nearly as much as the weight loss. So when your doctor says lose the weight, well, how are you going to do it? I don't want to eat shakes and salad or whatever it was, shakes and soups for three to five months, then have to do a two week plan. I want a 60 or 90 day plan to get the 20 or 30 pounds off and let my body normalize just like my dad. He's done it. No more insulin off two of the major diabetes medications down 30 plus pounds. And is he at his goal weight yet? No, but is are his numbers now in the pre-diabetes range rather than the diabetes range? Absolutely. Is he and, living a completely different life now yeah, than he was three yeah. or four months ago? Yeah. I've got a whole list of stuff for him to do when he gets down here. That's awesome. I don't have to worry about <laughs> him anymore. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go, old man. Come on. We got to put a floor in, right? The things to do. Yeah. Yeah. We got a whole, <laughs> whole grandpa to do less. So, um, just, just really cool. And it, it just reaffirms my belief, Tommy, that what you stumbled upon, what we've stumbled upon, what others before us in the, in the fasting insulin model have stumbled upon is that, um, sometimes you got to do something a little bit different to get different results. Um, and it's just great to see that there's research being done out there, which will probably take a long time to get disseminated down to everybody. And it 
Who knows? It may not mm -hmm. um, due to the fact that there's potentially some competing interests and in pharmaceutical companies and lobbyists. And there's a lot of money in, in the healthcare system. Um, it may never get out. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but this reaffirms my desire and belief and want to deliver this message to as many people as possible. Yeah, I'm just going to start. Um, I'm going to print out a thousand copies of this and we'll just go around the town just kind of <laughs> tacking it up on all the <laughs> light posts and everywhere else we can find. Well, that's 2020, right? Let's do it. Let's yeah, make let's it happen. Go. Cool. Um, so take home message, action step, Tom, if you want to land the plane here. Um, for everybody, what we can do now um, in order to either, you know, encourage someone that is in this situation where they have diabetes and they want, they're, they're struggling with it or someone that is really just kind of in the earlier decades of, of the process and, and, and not knowing where to go or, or how to maintain, um, how not to see that BMI tick up every year as the holidays approach, right? How not to see that 10 to 12 pounds fluctuation year after year. Yeah. If, if you're sitting there and you have five pounds to lose or 15 or 50 or 150, it, it doesn't really matter because it, there is a way to reverse it. And it's the same no matter which camp you, you find yourself in. And it's as simple as starting today. So go get the fast start guide, go take the mini masterclass, go get started on OMAD. It's super simple. It's easy to follow. It's, it's easy to maintain. It, it, it gets you going with habits that you can use for a lifetime. It's not soups and shakes and, and stuff like that. It's, you can have fun with it. You can enjoy you know, the foods that, that you're, you're used to eating and, and you can see real progress starting today. Yeah. It, I couldn't have said it any better, so I'm not going to elaborate on anything else because I think that was a perfect dismount. Thanks. Um, it's easier than you think it is, is one thing I will say. Uh, it gets easier as you go, but you got to start. So with that being said, Tommy, appreciate the conversation as always. If you guys that are listening, you're new to the podcast, uh, go to our website, www.vfastingforlife.com. You can download the Fast Start Guide that Tommy just mentioned. Um, shoot us a message at info at thefastingforlife.com, info at thefastingforlife.com. Um, feel free to rate, subscribe, review, share with a friend. Um, but if you guys honestly need anything from us, please reach out. Let us know how we can help. No matter where you are on this journey, you have options, you have the control, uh, and let us help you get let us help you get there. Uh, we are on this journey with you. And as always, Tommy, thank you, sir. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.